I'm Patricia Pierce. Welcome to the We Awakening podcast. Beneath the global crises we are facing, something truly extraordinary is happening on Earth. Planetary consciousness is shifting as humankind sheds its belief in separateness and awakens to the truth of interexistence. In this podcast, we explore this awakening into unitive consciousness that will give rise to a new world, and we celebrate the luminous web that connects us all. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. Today, I join in conversation with Mary Reed. Mary was a staunchly agnostic healthcare executive in Washington, D.C., when she began venturing uncontrollably into metaphysical experiences with Jesus, Buddha, and angels. Amidst her confusion, Mary's normal life eventually collapsed, leading her to spend several years in the Himalayas coming to terms with her unexpected mystical abilities. In her award-winning memoir, Unwitting Mystic, Mary evokes the deeply resonant feeling of spiritual awakening, and in her latest book, Divine New Being, she incites that recognition again as she brings others into union with an arena full of light beings that share exquisite guidance for these times. Mary's profound experiences are both a roadmap and an invitation into the divine wisdom we all hold within. She has appeared on numerous programs, including Buddha at the Gas Pump, Conscious TV, and Unity Online Radio and offers a range of resources that incite and support spiritual awakening through her website, lovemaryread.com. So, Mary, thank you. I really appreciate your ability and your willingness to join me in this conversation during this week of Christmas. Oh, I'm very excited. I love this idea. I really appreciate the invitation. And it's always a pleasure to talk with you, Patricia. Well, likewise. Um, <laughs> I just always enjoy where we are taken in our conversations. And yeah. we never we never know what that's going to be, but we just follow it. So I, Mary, I was really interested in talking to you around this season of Christmas because because of what it has come to mean for me and probably what it has come to mean for you. Now, mm. you grew up agnostic. So I'm just curious, when you were growing up and maybe in your early adulthood, did you have any associations with the word Christ? Did that mean anything to you? No, it didn't. Um, I did grow up agnostic, but I grew up around a lot of Southern Baptists. Um, all of my family down in New Mexico, which is where my roots are, were Southern Baptists. And uh, I really... Uh, you know, people didn't talk about Christ as much as they talked about Jesus. And uh, so for me, they were just interchangeable. Um, but in my world, around the Southern Baptist community, <clears throat> where I grew up, uh, Jesus was associated with a lot of judgment um, that I didn't relate to. And, you know, a lot of that came from my family coming home from church and then just like, judging everybody they were sitting in the pews with at church, and it just didn't make any sense to me. I did have an, uh, an association with Jesus in my heart when I was little. Like, I was really aware that there was this beautiful presence in my heart that I understood very clearly was Jesus, and it was confusing to me why people would go to church to learn about him. And so there was never 
in my own experience and in the church people that I was around, there wasn't really a lot of talk about Christ. And so when I was growing up, uh, you know, in young adulthood or whatever, again, not around school, not around work, like Christ, the word Christ or the greater connotation of Christ versus a man, Jesus, uh, just wasn't in my sphere of awareness. It wasn't around at all. Mm, yeah. So at this point in your life, and let me just say that you, despite your agnostic upbringing or inclinations, you started experiencing these spontaneous uh, mystical experiences where you were in your body and in your consciousness, in your awareness, you were experiencing these metaphysical realities, your experience, I think, am I, am I correct that the first real opening of this was when you were experiencing yourself in the consciousness of Jesus as a consciousness of Jesus in the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. My very first experience, uh, which was a total shock to me uh, back in mid-December 2000, I went into the body and being of Jesus on the cross at the moment of crucifixion. And then seeing all of humanity and its evolution from that Christ consciousness vantage point. So while I was in and as the body of Jesus, I was well aware that I am in the Christ consciousness. I am as the Christ consciousness viewing humanity from that vantage point. And so it was a really powerful, I, that experience lasted three and a half hours. And so it was a really powerful first entree into uh, understanding really what Christ consciousness is and how the exploitation of the understanding of Jesus, particularly the, uh, the life of Jesus, was exploited over the years and therefore sort of the, uh, the ideas of what Christ is was also um, distorted drastically um, through that. And then, and then over the years, just again and again and again, I keep returning to being within the body of Jesus or within the greater Christ consciousness. So uh, I, have the, <laughs> I have the experience of Christ consciousness from many vantage points. Uh, that's probably the best way to say that, from over 20 years of these experiences. And how would you describe that experience of Christ consciousness? Um, you know, the first word that pops up is profound compassion. Uh, uh, in addition to going into the Christ consciousness or the body of Jesus, I've also had the experiences of going into Buddha and uh, other other beings, other masters, if you will. And there's a distinct difference. Um, in my experience, Buddha is very much associated with the mind. It's a very playful spirit. It's all about the disillusion of uh, the conceptual ways of living in the mind. And Jesus or the Christ consciousness is always associated with the deep compassionate love of the heart, from the heart. So there's a great, in the Christ consciousness, in my experience, it's a, compa a compassion-based experience of divine love that is our true nature. And so uh, Jesus was sort of the 
avenue for the expression of that and a teaching or an understanding of that that we could understand through a human being uh, conveying all of that. But it is obviously beyond the human experience, and uh, that's often, and that's usually how I experience it, is beyond a human representation of it. It's more about the full-bodied, just, you know, the godness of the world. Mm, I suppose that's the best way to put it is really the the Christ consciousness experience for me is the experience of that profound cherishing compassion and love in the godness of our world. Mm, I love the way you put that. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. And that that compassionate heart that that Christ consciousness that is that is rooted in the heart and in, in this boundless compassion mm. is in such contrast to what you were describing growing up in this um, experience of judgment and uh, you know seeing the judgment that people were holding towards one another and I know for yourself in your own openings to these greater and greater understandings this idea of of the dualism of good and evil and this idea of the battle going on and this idea of judgment can you kind of riff on that a little bit and how and how judgment i mean we could we could go on and on about you know how judgment sort of infiltrated the tradition and we don't need to do that but i am curious to know from you how you have sort of zoomed out from that perspective of judgment to understand that we are living in a time now that is really transcending or calling us to transcend that dualism, that battle of good versus evil. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. It's in my own experiences and in my own work, the calling is really calling us absolutely into a new relationship, even with judgment, from a compassionate standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, When we, you know, throughout history, there's been this conquering mindset, which was one of the lessons that came out in my very first experience back in 2000 on the cross in the the Christ crucifixion. Um, Understanding that um, uh, the lesson came about in that moment of what, what actually caused the crucifixion was not, you know, a few people in power who felt threatened by Jesus. It was a mindset that had taken ages to cultivate and entrench and perpetuate, and that was a mindset of conquering. And so in that moment, the understanding was that mankind didn't want a Christ that healed. Mankind wanted a Christ that conquered. And when we drilled down into why that was, it was really just you know a fear-based reality, a fear always is seeking to stay safe, and the way that it knows to stay safe to try to control and to try to conquer. And so from the compassionate standpoint, uh, you know, throughout history, everybody's just been trying to feel okay, trying to feel safe and not realizing the cycle of suffering that they're perpetuating in the conquering mentality, in the good trying to conquer the bad, right? And so this is, you know, this has played out in multiple, multiple ways. And so now um, it's really such a joy when I can work with people and lead them into a compassionate relationship with that history, not just within themselves, but within our world, um, often represented right today in today's times through like a patriarchal domination ideology. 
um, to be like understanding what was it doing all along, but just really trying in the way that it knew to keep us all safe um, and trying to be okay, trying to earn their way into heaven. This was like the sinner's mentality. You know, you have to uh, be worthy of the love of God. And so when we drill out, or, or actually uh, zoom out, as you, you said, into what was really happening and find a compassionate viewpoint of that, we can then embrace that history. We can bring it into the embrace. In my experience, there was a really, really big metaphysical experience back in 2016. And this was where the really profound good Trump's bad paradigm lesson came out. Um, it was, you know, understanding very, very clearly that all the things that we label as bad in our good Trump's bad paradigm, every single one of them are simply a cry for love. And we keep rejecting that cry for love when we're trying to conquer that bad, right? We just keep perpetuating. We, we reject our cry for love and therefore create more cries for love. Mm -hmm. And so when we can consider, if we relabel or review um, what, what uh, I've been taught is sort of changing the angle of perception and uh, relabel that bad to this is the cry for love, then our relationship to that cry becomes different. Our understanding is our work, our opportunity, our compassionate response is to answer that cry, is to give it what it's asking for, which is the embrace of love. Mm -hmm. And then everything shifts in that. And uh, this has been my work um, pretty much solely for the last few years because of that. Yeah, I so appreciate how you describe that because oftentimes we can bring even <laughs> we can bring that that attitude of judgment into our desire to to release judgment and we can yes when we notice judgment arising in us we judge ourselves for judging and it's just like yes. this endless cycle. <laughs> and to see, you know, it's to see what's happening and like you're saying that what what's happening is it's either love or it's a cry for love. Mm -hmm. So so to to recognize those thoughts and those feelings as they arise and to hold everything in this this compassionate embrace. Yeah, I think I think you know that that's that is the way forward for us as a human community. And during during this season of course of Christmas there's so much focus on um the understanding of Christ as a person, as mm. this one person, Jesus. Mm. Talk to us about your understanding of our own inherent Christ nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, from the very, very beginning, it was clear to me, and it's been conveyed again and again and again in my experiences about, um, you know, the Christ, basically, is there a place that you can't find it? right? Mm. It's within everything. It is the isness of life. It is the experience of the awareness of the godness in all. And, uh, you know, I want to I circle back a bit to um, this idea of our response now changing uh, in judging our judgment and whatever. If we think about, if we, th if we just simplify it to say that, let's say that if, you know, Christ is love, we use this word a lot, um, which is uh, part of our problem. We don't really understand exactly what love is. But if we think about in very, very simple terms that Christ is love and love is, is, 
sort of the fabric or the canvas upon which all of life is created and exists. When we think about the nature of love, that all love knows to do, all love does is love, it really simplifies things. So in the face of judgment or fear or blame or anger, all love knows how to do is is love. Mm -hmm. So the question of whether we're worthy of love, whether this is in fact an aspect of love, it doesn't matter. Everything becomes moot because all love knows to do, all love does is love. So all judgment does is judge. All fear does is fear. All blame does is blame. All love does is love. So when we think about Christ, the Christ consciousness, as that presence of love in absolutely everything, it really simplifies it. And it, and it, uh, you know, it makes it a lot harder than to put it in dualistic terms. So true. So true. So to shift our understanding from Christ as a person to recognizing that that Christ and Christness is the essence of all that is, and it is this essence of love. I think that understanding and opening up to that can help us experience this season very differently. Because mm. a lot of times when we, you know, when we read these stories around Christmas and we hear all the Christmas carols and all that, if we understand that this celebration, this this angel song of joy that we associate with the birth of Jesus is the same angel song of joy that is being sung for all of us. Yes, yes. And and if we think about we're joining in the chorus of life, that all of it, we can imagine that all of life is joining in that recognition of the godness or the Christ consciousness within all. Then our relationship changes to everything. We become uh, in union with all that's underway. So we can use those beautiful carols, that joyful spirit. We can use all of it to simply uh, let that unite us with everything that's happening, everything that's underway in the, the spirit of celebration of all of it. Yeah, and I, I don't know about you, I'm sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you and I know a lot of people are feeling that things are accelerating, that things are really <laughs> like accelerating. And I'm, I feel in myself just sometimes these upwellings of joy that are mm. so immense. And I think that sometimes we can kind of get lost in the fog or the density of what we experience in this world mm-hmm. and lose track of, of this this other thing that's happening, which is the birthing of awareness of this essential Christ nature within us. Yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. you can just talk about that, how maybe you experience that and, and, and what that means to you to for this awakening to be happening in us. Oh, it's such a beautiful, exciting time. And, you know, this has been really such an extraordinary time, especially through the pandemic of watching the shifts um, and, and so many things rising up in our awareness um, things feeling um, new and unusual and in some respects for many people scary. And But from my perspective, from the mystical embodied perspective, having seen what's really at the core of all of this, it is so incredibly exciting because from the metaphysical experience, um, from that, that vantage point, that Christ vantage points, if you will, um, the divine love vantage point, all that's underway right now in this awakening is happening because there is an ever-increasing 
um, presence of divine love. And as that volume of divine love, as that momentum of divine love continues to infuse into our world, all of these old systems can't sustain, like because they're built on foundations of fear. They're built in that systemic way of control and conquering and domination. And that's the way that you succeed in life. Right. And so as those systems start to get challenged, then it beca- things begin to start crumbling. And uh, for many people, that can feel very fearful and uh, very scary. But when you look at it from, oh, my gosh, look at all of these things that are crying out for love. If we look at every single one of these things that we consider scary as the cry for love, then what is our opportunity how deeply, how profoundly does that call us into a response of love, of being the presence of love? It's such a beautiful invitation again and again and again. And more people in our awakening states are able to realize, oh, hey, this is my opportunity to love or to respond in a way that I have never known how to do before. And so in my experience, that's what's happening. And it's, you know, it's not so overt. I think with most people, but people are realizing that the old ways of responding haven't worked. And so we're called into the exploration of new ways to do that. And, you know, even right now in our world, this very Christmas, uh, it feels really different. You know, people aren't quite back to the old ways yet. And they're realizing that maybe we can't go back to the old ways, even of, you know, uh, holidaying, if you will. Um, But there's just something you can feel. There's just something different in our association with Christmas this year. And I think that's representative of things shifting within our hearts, shifting within the collective consciousness, that we approach things from a different perspective. And in that, I think there's there's just this sort of um, infiltration of a seeking of more authenticity in relationship to Christ and Christmas and what we're actually celebrating. I think there's a call for deepening that we're, some of us are really reaching into and recognizing. Mm, I really appreciate you sort of pulling that back and recognizing that right now we are in this time of you know, the, a lot of the superficialities that we'd been so busily engaged in mm-hmm have fallen away. And I think a lot of us are in this time where we are in our own lives and maybe in our own beings experiencing this, um, I guess I'll say reconfiguration maybe of priorities and even of some relationships. And we're in this, this moment now where we have this opportunity to do this kind of deep exploration and introspection. And when you talk about, Mary, when you talk about um, you know, these times being this invitation to expand our understanding of love and to, and to, to embody that. And I'm so recognizing how that response of love begins within us and loving and accepting the things that arise in us, which in my own experience, I know that the more that I do that in myself, the more I have a very real understanding of what love is, and it mm-hmm. becomes more and more readily available when I'm sort of, you know, witnessing what's happening in the world. You know, um, what you've expressed is exactly what I talk a lot about, which is the visceral experience of love, the visceral experience of Christ, if you will, um, which is what we're beginning to experience. We're coming out of the mental 
association or relationship with life, you know, from the beliefs, from the doctrinal association and relationship through ideas or concepts into the living experience of that. And so as we're and this is the this is the result of the presence of divine, uh, you know, uh, coming into our own being. I mean, uh, when you think about it, all of divine presence arrives here through us. We are that visceral experience of the flow of divine presence through us and into this reality and into the collective. And so we begin to experience viscerally the embodied understanding, the embodied remembrance of divine love, of that Christ within. You know, Jesus talked repeatedly about Christ is only within. This is the place where you find it. And I'll, I'll share one, um, one antidote of an experience that I had, one of the first experiences that I had. I was uh, <clears throat> swept up into the arms of Jesus, into the body of Jesus, and then the two of us um, were at the Mount of Beatitudes. And I've never read the Bible, so I don't know what was talked about at the Mount of Beatitudes. But in this experience, I, within Jesus, we're standing up on this hill. Jesus has just given his talk, and people are starting to walk away. And Jesus is well aware that none of these people took in his words to live as their own. Instead, they revered him for having said the words, because they did not believe that they were Christ or they were good enough or anything for those words to be be to be their own. And Christ's whole Jesus's whole experience was to illuminate his his intention was to illuminate the Christ within each of them to become a part of them in that way. But instead, because of people's ingrained um, disbelief in their own divinity, they set him apart from themselves. So it had the opposite um, effect. And so the you know the uh, over the centuries after centuries after centuries, you know, the teaching has never changed. Christ is within. And now we're starting to be like, oh, hey, I'm experiencing the visceral sense, the visceral remembrance and recognition of that Christ within. And so when you say you're you're feeling it more and more, yes, that's what happens. That's exactly what happens is that we come out of the mind and into the body, into the energetic presence that isn't conceptual. It is very real. It is in our lineage. It's in our history. It's in our nature. And that's what we're experiencing more and more. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your talking about the visceral nature of it because it is so in the body. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I experience it really profoundly in the heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the mind grasps for these understandings, but it's, it's abstract, it's conceptual. And, and when it moves into the bodily experience, and of course, we, that's what Christmas is all about, right? The incarnation. It's the incarnation <laughs> yes. right? of this consciousness, of this awareness, of this love. So we this season celebrates the incarnation and in the body, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're experiencing now. It's like these things are moving from an idea from an idea or a concept of the mind into an experiential reality that we yes, are knowing in our bodies. The, yes, and think about the compassion that's happening as we finally, finally 
give our minds a rest from its burdens. Mm. Because our mind is always trying to figure it out, trying to fix it, trying to be okay, trying to make us safe. This is where, you know, lots of people want to bash the ego and all the, and in my experience that is so the opposite our our ego our mind has tried so so hard to keep us okay and when we think about literally the gift of christmas um being able to embrace the mind to say you know you've worked so hard let us let us now take care of you you can rest you can put down all your burdens, and we've got you. This Christ presence here has got all of us, all parts of us, all aspects of us, and that includes the mental um, calisthenics that we've all been doing for all these years, and now this visceral presence is saying, you know what? You can just rest. We've got you here. We've got you. Yeah. Uh, yes, the mind has been laboring under a tremendous burden for mm. so long. And I was in meditation a while ago, and I was I was experiencing that sort of, I, I would say, almost like an oppressive burden that the mind has carried of trying to mm -hmm. figure things out mm -hmm. and create things and make things happen. And the image that came to me in meditation was the mind the mind was trying to put things together like a set of tinker toys. Tinker toys <laughs> were the tools that the mind had to try to, to put all these pieces together. And it was trying so hard. It was trying mm -hmm. so, so hard. And I just felt such compassion for this burden yes. the mind has carried. Yeah, yeah. You know, many years ago in, um, in India, uh, when I was living in this little tiny nunnery um, in the Himalayas, I had an. I was doing a meditation on what does it mean to be the light of God. I didn't understand what that meant. Was it a real light? Was it just you know metaphorical? What what did that mean? And so I was I was doing a meditation on that, and suddenly within me pops up two screens side by side. One of them is being the light of God from the perspective of the mind, and the other was being the light of God from the perspective of the heart. And they were two very different screens. And the one on the mind side was really very basic and rudimentary. It was like stick figures um, in a life setting. And the one from the heart was really vibrant and colorful and lively. And what I understood in that, that time was that, you know, the mind, bless its heart, the mind can only ever try to figure things out. It can, it's trying to understand but it is not what it's trying to understand. It is not the reality. It's the analysis or the figuring out of the reality. It is not the reality itself. So from the heart is what's really true, is that vibrant, lively truth of life. And so again, just like you were saying, I had such compassion for my mind trying so hard, but it can't recreate. It's, you know, it can't create what it's trying to understand. Yeah. You know, Mary, I'd heard you describe, well, it's in your book, Unwitting Mystic, you talk about that. And it, it called to my mind or recalled to my mind a dream that I had. This was years ago. And it's a very complex dream, and I'm not going to go into the details. But it was really depicting this thing that's happening right now on the planet in terms of this, you know, the fear energies and the love energies and and the love embracing the fear energies. But anyway, at the end of this dream, I'm taken to this place in South America. 
and I'm looking out at this landscape, but the landscape is like a child's drawing, uh, like crayon drawing, and there's a little hut, and a little girl is standing next to it, and she's a stick figure. And this narrator in the dream says, traditionally, the people lived in small wisdoms. Mm. When the winter came, it was time for that to change. Mm. And I understood that the small wisdoms were their little villages and that they were being that they were now moving out into wider communities. But when I read that about your experience of the mind being this this attempt to to convey something, to represent something that is rudimentary. That helped me actually see another dimension in that dream that what I was being shown, the small wisdoms, were these stick figure wisdoms mm-hmm. of the mind. And mm-hmm. that the, 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 the experiential wisdom is the wisdom of the heart, the knowing of the heart. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. The experiential wisdom. And this is, you know, I think that this is uh, one of the joyous things that I've been watching in people uh, in this awakening process as people experience something new. So, and when I say something new, something new that the mind hasn't recognized before, but it's actually something ancient within us that's rising up in our awareness. And it is that deeper, like we just realize in that moment, oh my gosh, look how small we have thought we were. And this is related to all kinds of things in our society that we deal with, which is in particular unworthiness, issues of unworthiness, which unfortunately a lot of church doctrine has uh, perpetuated in feeling like, you know, you the, the whole ideology of sinner, you know, mm-hmm. you're everybody's a sinner and you have to atone and you have to be worthy of the love of God, which is really such a disservice to the whole fundamental truth of Christ consciousness or Christ or God in itself is that everybody is perfect and exquisitely loved simply because they are. That is what they are. Um, so, yeah, it's all tied into this idea that we've, and and I've also had really great experiences about, again, the burden that we've experienced in feeling so small and always trying to think that we have to figure it out, that we have to fix things. And there's so, let me just look around at our world. Imagine being so tiny that our little individual tiny self has to figure out and fix all the problems with the world. Like how overwhelming is that? Exactly. Like it's in humanity's consciousness, right? When what we're waking up to is the realization that just the awakening process itself is the thing that is healing and that is resolving so much that's going on. And so as part of that, within each and every single one of us, as every every single one of us comes into that healing place and has that experience of a different way of being, a different response in the world, that has this healing ripple tremendously out into how we then experience the world in our own lives and in our communities and the greater you know global consciousness as well yeah that this that this thing that's happening on the planet it's not on our shoulders to Mm -hmm. pull it off and to for me it's it's more an experience of surrendering to this thing that is happening it is happening yeah, you know, and I'm glad you brought up the word surrender because that's really a trigger for so many people in their fear. They feel like if they they have a great fear, if they surrender, then they're giving up their power. And in fact, what we're surrendering to 
is our power. We're surrendering to our supreme power when we surrender into the trust and again the experience of that Christ within us. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> yeah. So could you fill us in about your your latest work and your experience with consensus and let people mm. know about that experience for you? Yes, what a beautiful surprise this has been. Um, you know, for 20 years, all of my metaphysical experiences were embodied experiences. And the way that I describe it, um, you can imagine a blackboard that has like a lesson written on it, some kind of ancient spiritual understanding or truth. Um, but instead of looking at the blackboard, to understand the lesson or learn it, I enter into the blackboard and become the lesson itself. So all of my experiences are very embodied. And then I, I view humanity or the wisdom that's being conveyed from that experience, I, from that vantage point, I become that wisdom itself. So I literally do it from the inside out. And so, as you can imagine, that's been quite profound um, over all these 20 years of lots and lots of different um, lessons. And um, last year in April, so the pandemic really got underway in mid-March, and I was gathering with people in my private community on a weekly basis doing satsangs and also meeting with my friend Kareen in Australia for, for meditations between the two of us, um, also weekly. And in the, one of the meditations with Kareen on April 2nd, 2020, just a couple weeks into the pandemic, suddenly something was telling me to yield. It was literally, I could feel my, my energy just sort of being pulled aside and this other thing coming through to speak. And it was, I experienced consensus as a very large arena full of divine beings, like thousands of light beings. And they operate with, they come, they tell me they come for what's needed in the moment. And the, what's needed in the moment is like a you can imagine hitting a tuning fork and then the that alignment with that vibration of whatever that key thing is in the tuning fork vibration is the thing that I narrate. And that's the consensus vibration of all those thousands of beings in that arena. And so then I began to just narrate whatever that, that key vibration was, that key lesson. And that turned into me then channeling to my private group. Um, every single week, sometimes twice a week, with consensus. And that turned into the series, unbeknownst to me, a series of teachings called The Divine New Being. And um, ultimately, it is basically calling us again and again and again into that Christ within, into that Christ consciousness, and what it is to embody the remembrance and the living of that Christ consciousness in relationship with all of life. And that's ultimately what the divine new being teachings, um, which is what that series was called ultimately. And so that's also the, the title of my new book is the divine new being. Um, and that is the subtitle, which consensus yelled to me uh, is a sublime guided passage to the end of hell. And by that, they mean we're going to guide you out of, the ideologies that have been so painful for all of these years and into that state of being the divine love that you truly are, that Christ consciousness in its living um, awakened experience. So it's been a beautiful, absolutely surprising and beautiful 
thing to bring into this world and to experience as I do it. And these teachings have been compiled into your new book by that title, mm -hmm. uh, which people can find um, yep, on Amazon. On and Amazon's. also, it's also a course um, mm -hmm. that people can take. A, it's a, you know, these are not to be done, just sit down and do it, and it's done in a day or two, or even the book. Um, right. Consensus says very clearly. Uh, you know, this is a process and it's an integration process. So they address this very much like you would a garden, you know, where you till up the soil and then you make sure that the, the, the environment in which you're going to be planting new seeds um, to grow new things needs to be just right. So we're not just planting new seeds, we're creating new soil in this and then you have to nurture you know the seeds when they're planted you have to nurture them you have to allow time for that growth and then experiencing all of the various nutrients of life that come in to make us fully into our you know new bountiful life and so that's the way they approach these teachings so the course and the book both um, are very methodical and taking us deeply compassionately into extremely exciting uh, end results. Uh, for all of us who went through these teachings originally, and every single person who's gone through the course, the end result is just so ecstatically exciting because it takes us to where we didn't think we were going to go, which is ultimately into the embodiment, realizing the embodiment of the divine teachers within us. Basically, having like consensus become aware within us. So this is the Christ consciousness coming into full light within each and every one of us. It's really such an extraordinary experience. Mm, yes. And you also have another book, uh, your previous book, your memoir, uh, Unwitting Mystic. Yes, which you just uh, recently wrote the foreword for the new edition of, which I'm so grateful, and it was so beautiful. I really appreciate that. That's been very exciting to offer that new edition out to the world. And, well, it was my honor to write that foreword, Mary. Thank you for, for inviting me to do that. And mm -hmm. people can visit your website and find both of these books as well as the, the cor your courses, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a new, uh, new website, new URL, so tell us. I do. I'm so excited. It's Love Mary Read. And uh, if people can go on there and find all of my books. There's also a little booklet, which is um, sort of a... I did it for a holiday stocking stuffer kind of um, gift idea somebody wanted um, that's on the books tab under offerings. And then the courses, there's a few events. I'm going to do some New Year's Eve meditations if people want to join those. Um, yeah, they can check out everything on lovemaryread.com. Great. Well, I can't think of a better uh, place to land than your website on this uh, <laughs> during the season of Christmas, uh, celebrating the divine new being, right? Yes. So, yeah. So um, I just really appreciate, Mary, all that you do and all that you are and all that you Thank are bringing you. forth into the world. It's such a gift. Thank you, Patricia. I wonder if you wouldn't mind if I close this out with maybe a little reading from that would be terrific. Unwitting Mystic. And Absolutely. this is on uh, the part three of the book are words given to me specifically on what it is to live as Christ consciousness. And so um, I want to read a couple of little passages here, I think, that are just pertinent to what we've been talking about, if that's okay. Sure. So the first is um, the I am. And so this, these are the words, what it is to live as Christ consciousness. 
I am the way of love, the truth of love, and the luminous light of love. Where the rhythm of awareness beats in the heart, I am Christ. Where trust prevails and fear is no more, I am Christ. I am pure compassion, kindness, and wisdom. I am absolute peace and love. I am all possibility. I am all. I am. And then the, the other one I want to read is because we were talking about the experience of Christ within and living that experience. Um, I am within. Where there is unity with the love within, I am. I am the soothingly rich depth of the quiet mind and the vast knowing flowing through the heart. When the mind and heart reconcile to the truth of oneness, I am. No scripture or sermon is necessary to live according to love. Every heart knows the way. The very current pulsing through every heart is love. And in love, there is no other admonition than to be love. I am this love. So beautiful. It was really a joy to bring those things through. Um, and especially for that to be the end of the book. Um, so mm -hmm. it was it was really great. And Patricia, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about Christ and Christ consciousness. It is always a joy to bring into the world the contribution of awareness of Christ, to literally bring Christ into the conversation and into our presence here together. So thank you for that opportunity. Mm, well, thank you for your willingness to to be with us and share all all the, all the wisdom that you have shared with us today, Mary. My pleasure. So many, many blessings, and thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.